Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I am so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. What an awesome expression for us to understand that we still offer God praise. Will you partner with me in prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear word? God, we thank you again for the opportunity simply to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're not worried about the constrictions and constraints that perhaps are on all of us at this time. But God, we're grateful that we can worship you anywhere. So Lord, we open our hearts in this moment. We celebrate you. Our mind is focused on you. In a world with so much bad news, it's good to know there's some good news. You're still in control. So Lord, I pray for every person that's watching this live or even others who'll be re-watching this. I pray that this experience be a blessing. I pray that it be encouragement. I pray it be strengthening. God, we want you to know we love you and we honor you. And even though we may not know how things work out, we may not know what tomorrow holds, we do know who holds tomorrow. So Lord, as I stand, I pray that you allow me strength and power to Speak your word with clarity and confidence. I pray that in this moment, people will be helped and blessed. Pray that the word would allow us to once again just sit in your presence. So have your way. We thank you for the many that have connected already. And we give you glory and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Before we get into the word, we also know this is Palm Sunday, but also Lord's Supper experience. And we told you this week earlier through the video and through other types of ways that we are still going to participate in virtual communion. So as we're preparing our hearts to receive the word of God, make sure that you have in place because as soon as we finish the sermon, we're going to transition into that special moment. So whatever you have that's going to represent the body and blood of Jesus Christ, get that ready. We're going to consecrate it because we always are grateful and thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're going to continue our series today. I know it's Palm Sunday, but I really feel led uh, to share what God put on my heart every year, beginning of the year. We kind of outline our preaching calendar and we was in the midst of an encounter series, which actually started as soon as we had to go online full time. And I believe that God has really given us a word through it. I, I hope it has been helpful. If it hasn't blessed anybody else, it really has blessed me. We're, we're talking about encounters. Literally, these God moments when God just shows up and does some things that can only be explained by God. Like we started to talk about when God taps you on the shoulder, that story about Abraham when he was getting ready to sacrifice his son Isaac, but God tapped him on the shoulder and told him there's a ram in the bush. Or, or sometimes there's another God moment when God grabs you by the arm. You remember the story of Lot when God was getting ready to cast judgment on Sodom, but he wanted to deliver Lot and his family, but Lot lingered, so God had to grab him to deliver him. And even last week, we talked about there's some moments God breaks our hip. 
sometimes in the story of, this, of Jacob, how God had to wrestle with him all night long because without breaking his hip, Jacob would thought he was strong on his own. Sometimes God has to break us to bless us. Today, I invite you to 1 Kings chapter 19. There's another God moment here that I think is significant and important for us to glean, to learn from. And I really feel it's appropriate. I need all of your prayers and support and space to share this very impactful word with each of you on this day. Here is the word of God for us today. 1 Kings 19, beginning around verse 3. I'm reading from the Good News Translation. And this is the word of God. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He took his servant and went to Beersheba in Judah. Leaving the servant there, Elijah walked a whole day into the wilderness, stopped and sat in the shade of a tree and wished he would die. It's too much, Lord, he prayed. Take away my life. I might as well be dead. He lay down under the tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said, wake up and eat. He looked around and saw a loaf of bread and a jar of water near his head. He ate and drank and lay down again. The Lord's angel returned and woke him up a second time saying, get up and eat or the trip will be too much for you. Elijah got up, ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to walk 40 days uh, to Sinai, the holy mountain. There he went into a cave to spend the night. Notice here in our text, our protagonist, Elijah, finds himself under a tree. And while he's under a tree, God does some things. And that's a God moment for us today. And I want to share that word for us today. When God restores you under the tree. Wherever you are, just lift those hands and say, Lord, speak. We need to hear. May God grace and help us in the hearing and doing of his word. Depression is real. Let me say that one more time. Depression is real. One of the challenges I must admit to you, and I know it's kind of hard for most people to hear a pastor say that, but it's truth. That's one of the things that I think that we don't do a good enough job in the kingdom of God is navigating and dealing with our mental health. One of the challenges, especially as we're now enthralled in the midst of a global pandemic, that every single day we're seeing casualty numbers rise and cases of coronavirus patients continue to rise. We hear people tell us that we haven't even yet got to the crest of what this is. As we hear medical experts having to go back and forth with government people, talking about when we can gather, when life will be normal again. Just even recently this past week, we put a shelter-in-place mandate in our own state. And I can imagine, as most people are now being quarantined, one of the great challenges that's going to come out of this is there's going to be a problem, not just with our physical health, but with our mental health. We're going to wrestle. We're going to have moments of despair. And I know after a while, it's going to get a little tiring sitting on the couch, and it's going to get a little tiring looking at the news. And from a personal aspect, I will admit to you, these past few weeks have been very difficult. Yes, there was a rush of trying to figure out how to innovate and be creative during this moment. But as a pastor, I feel the burden of the people I share. I feel the sorrow of things going on. And even from my own personal perspective, there is a part of me that is wrestling, that is trying to navigate what does this mean, not just for church, but what does it mean for our own lives? Yes, depression is real. It'll sneak up on you. Matter of fact, it comes with no warning if the truth be told. And oftentimes the problem is when you're down, what do I do? 
And I know that's hard for some of us to admit, but I'm hoping that this moment will give us a time of transparency and authenticity because, yes, you can love God and still have a bad day. That's where perhaps some of you are even this morning. It's been a long week. We're facing foreclosures. We're facing furloughs and layoffs. We're seeing economic dips. Listen, our mental health is going to be strained. And what happens when you feel like giving up? Yes, I love God. Yes, I serve God. But I'm at a place where I'm overwhelmed. And I hear what all the pundits say. And I see what all the pseudo-spiritual people are saying on social media. Trying to challenge us to let us know if you don't come out of this better, something's wrong with you. But what happens when you don't feel as if things are getting better? What happens when you feel the weight of pain and tragedy and grief? What happens when you're just down. And my brothers and sisters, I got word for you today. I need to give someone the uh, permission and the authority to know it's okay to not be okay. Someone needs to know that there are some moments uh, you're going to find yourself uh, in a depressed place. But I got good news to let you know that even uh, when depression sticks up, even uh, when down moments comes our way, we got a God uh, that does not just sojourn with us in the mountains. Uh, he also comes right alongside us in the valley. We serve a God uh, that while we're trying to navigate uh, the despair, spare of the desert we got a God uh, that will give us shade under a tree and you don't have to take my word for it uh, but there's a man a prophet by the name of Elijah who uh, is centered in our text today he goes to uh, what many of us are going through mental anguish and despair matter of fact it gets so extreme for Elijah that Elijah tells God just let me sit here uh, and die but God meets him under the tree uh, wakes him up restores him uh, sends him to do greater ministry after the tree uh, because what he he allows Elijah and us to understand is even though we may have to go through the downness and depression of under a tree, we serve a God that can restore us right where we are. I don't know who needs to hear this word, but I need you to know that there's no depths that God can't reach us. There's no place that God can't bless us. There's no hurts that God can't heal and there's no mental anguish that God can't get together. And my brothers and sisters, that's what our text seems to survey to us today because uh, we see the highs and lows uh, of Elijah's life. Matter of fact, that's why I absolutely love reading the word of God. It gives me encouragement. It gives me strength and hope because the people of the scriptures uh, are people just like me and you. They have good days uh, and they have bad days. They have uh, ups and they have downs. Uh, and the thing I want you to know uh, is even when we're down can still produce a God moment in our lives. That's the truth, my brothers and sisters. That's where Elijah encounters God. God restores him under this tree. And I want you to know whatever tree you are under this morning, God can restore you right where you are. It could be the tree of abuse. God can restore you. It can be the tree of anxiety. God can restore you. It can be the tree of uncertainty. God can restore you. I'm here to let you know that God is in the restoring and replenishing business. And if we would allow ourselves to be honest about what we're going through, we have a God that can lift us from where we are. That's what makes this text so powerful to me. And I want to share a couple of things that I think we can glean from this passage. I think there's some amazing truths and things that this passage can really teach us. There are some amazing things that God helps us to understand that, that even though you may not have all good days and you may have some rough moments, I'm still a God that sticks by your side. That's, that's what we see in the passage of scripture. Matter of fact, but what is it that we learn in this Elijah moment? What is it? 
that God restores him uh, under the tree. Well, a couple of principles, and let me share them with you quickly. Because first thing that I notice in this text, how God uh, restores under the tree, is that number one, this is how he restores, by providing shelter for our exhaustion. Here the text tells us, matter of fact, in order for us to truly understand the significance of what he's enduring in 1 Kings 19, we have to see what he went through in 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18 is the triumph of Elijah. Matter of fact, this is the moment when he is going toe-to-toe against the prophets of Baal. He's on a place called Mount Carmel, and through the grace and power of God, he calls down fire from heaven. I mean, 1 Kings 18 is the pinnacle of the ministry of Elijah. It is Elijah used by God to show the power of God. The people are shifted. Baal's prophets are put to death. This is a victory for God. This would seem to put um, Elijah larger than Life. He seems to be the man on everyone's lips. Everyone is talking about this prophet, this man from Tishba by the name of Elisha. But then 1 Kings 19 happens. And it's amazing to me, my brothers and sisters, how life shifts so fast. 1 Kings 18, he's on top of the world. But 1 Kings 19 comes and he's wanting to die. 1 Kings 18, he's the man that everybody's talking about. But 1 Kings 19, he is now willing to give up his life. What could happen in the span of one chapter? How could he go from here to there? And my brothers and sisters, I think that Elijah gives us the perfect template that all of us struggle with because life is just like that. The ebb and flow of life, the ups and downs of life, that we can have the pinnacle of a chapter 18 only to then be on the heels of the doldrum and depression of a chapter 19 what happens my brothers and sisters when you're good one day but down the other day and someone can testify that sounds like my life because a few weeks ago I had everything planned I had vacations on the calendar I had ideas about where I was headed for this year I got seniors that were preparing for graduation seniors that were getting ready for prom and now we're in chapter 18 where it seems as if the rug has been proverbially ripped from under our feet. We're unsettled. We're struggling. And that's what happened in the life of Elijah. Because what caused him to be pushed over the edge for many people would not be considered a big thing. The queen of this particular place, the wife of Ahab, her name was Jezebel, sent one messenger with one threatening message and it forced him to flee. I mean, think about that. This man that just called down fire from heaven because one individual gave one threatening message, it caused him to be pushed over the edge. And I know, I know, I can already tell. I can already feel some of the, the looks that some of you are thinking today. I mean, that's not a big deal. Why is Elijah, this great man of God, been pushed to the edge by one individual and one threatening message? And I know it's easy to sometimes judge people from afar, but I wonder how many of us, if the truth be told, if we began to outline and discern and discuss what has caused us to lose our mind, other people will think, well, that ain't a big deal. It could have been an argument it, it could have been a wayward word it could have been a situation but all of us always have a breaking point what Elijah teaches me is that you can love God and still have a breaking point you you can absolutely follow God and have a breaking point you can serve God and, and be committed and compassionate and have a breaking point all of us have a breaking point I believe I'm I got company with me this morning 
I believe there's others who are tuned in that can testify, PG, I got a breaking point. A few weeks ago, breaking point happened to me. Uh, a few years ago, breaking point happened to me. It could have been an issue with a child, and it just caused you to go over the edge. It could have been an issue on the job or with a loved one, but something is always there to break us. Elijah responds by fleeing. He tries to get away, like most of us. The Bible tells us he makes his way to a place called Beersheba in Judah. Matter of fact, once he gets there, he was traveling with a companion, a servant. But when he gets to Beersheba, he leaves the servant behind. The text tells us he begins to wander in the wilderness. Because when you're going through, you want to sometimes go through by yourself. Now, I know Elijah's not the only one that's left some people behind. Sometimes when you're going through, you don't want to hear somebody telling you it's okay. When you're going through sometimes, you want to hear somebody say, hey, it's going to be all right. Sometimes you just got to be by yourself. I know I'm not the only one in here. Can I be honest and transparent for a moment? This has been a difficult season. I felt the weight of these last few weeks. I felt the uncertainty and anxiety. Not only am I a pastor, I'm concerned about my congregation. I'm a son and a grandson. And I'm concerned about my own family that I can't even go visit because I perhaps could get them sick. This is an isolating moment. I'm concerned about church, what this is going to look like. When we get through this, I'm concerned about when the next time we're going to be able to gather. I'm concerned about when the next time I can give somebody a hug. And over the last weeks, I'll be honest, I have felt like Elijah. I just wanted to get away. It was my prayer, God, stop the world and let me get off. It was my prayer, God, this is unfair. It had gotten so bad uh, that I refused to watch the news. I refused uh, to turn on the phone because every time something happened, it was negative. It was bad. I, I struggled. I didn't want to see another dance challenge, and I didn't want to see another TikTok, somebody doing this, and I struggled because there's a part of me that just wanted to get away. I know I'm not in here by myself. There are times I felt like pinching myself and saying, listen, this got to be a dream, only to realize the nightmare is real. No matter what causes you to be like Elijah, all of us will find ourselves wandering in the wilderness. But here is the interesting thing. While he's in the wilderness, the Bible says he happens to come upon a tree. It's a broom tree. Matter of fact, these are the only sources of shade in the desert. Literally, wildernesses and deserts were the same thing in antiquity. This is the only thing to shelter you, provide for you, and cover you in the wilderness. In the desert, he finds a broom tree. And I began to wonder with God, because I'm saying, God, here's what's interesting. This desert is in Judah. Those of you who read the Bible, Judah means praise to God. So how can he be in Judah and the desert at the same time? Oh, I know there's some pseudo-spiritual people out there listening to me. And it's going to sound odd to you. I know you're going to look at me a little strange now. I know I'm going to get some weird messages because you have not been used to hearing a, a spiritual leader say that you can be in Judah and the desert at the same time. But that is true. You can love God and still be in the desert. You can praise God and still be in the desert. I know I'm not the only one that's participated in our experience today that's ever came and lifted up holy hands but still had heaviness in your heart. I know I'm not the only one in here that's lifted up holy 
hands, but still had anxiety and uncertainty. I can praise God on one part and still struggle in another. What do you do when you have lifted up hands in the desert? He finds a tree. And my question to God was, God, where are you in my wandering? God, where are you while I'm trying to navigate the desert? And God said, Goodman, you're missing me. I'm the tree. That sometimes, watch this, God graces us by providing us shelter in our desert. <laughs> Hear me clearly today. What I love about God is that before he brings us out, he covers us while we're in it. Isn't it amazing to know that when I'm tired and I don't have a good day, I got a God that still becomes my tree. Ooh, I need to give somebody space today. My phone constantly rings from pastors and leaders and people all across this country who are trying to grapple with the weight of this. But I appreciate Elijah's approach and God's covering in this moment because he's honest with God. He's telling God his honest feelings. I, I feel like I'm a failure, God. He struggled with insecurity. He's feeling uh, the low part of that moment. While he's sitting under the tree, he has an honest conversation with God. I, I almost feel like dying. And it's going to be hard for some people. Because some of us aren't truthful when we talk to God. Some of us so spiritual, we only tell God, it's good. Everything's well. I'm fine. No, I appreciate the relationship I have with God that I can tell God, God, this ain't a good day. God, I'm struggling. My mind is not right. I got a whole bunch of questions. And I know you ain't going to give me no answers, but I just want to let you know that I'm struggling with some things. Why are we so far behind? Why are people losing their lives? Why are people losing their jobs? Why are we having to be out of our church building? Why is there something that we could have done? There's a whole lot of anxiety. There's issues of depression and there's issue of low self-esteem. There's issue of things happening, but I'm grateful that I got a God that gives me space to sit there in my questions and sit there in my mood and sit there in my depression and still give me shade in my exhaustion. The truth be told, some of us like Elijah are just tired. Sometimes my worst moments come Sunday afternoon because once you do great things for God, there's always the other side that can wear you down. And I believe there's others like Elijah. Matter of fact, I'm preaching to you now. You may be in your living room. You may be sitting at your kitchen table, but you're under a tree. You're worried about if I, if I still have a job when all this is over. You're under a tree. You're wondering, will my family survive this shelter? You're under a tree. You're wondering, will my scholarships still be available when they do reopen school? You're under a tree. You're still trying to navigate this pain and it's exhausting. And all you want to do is what Elijah does. He just lays down and goes to sleep. I'm glad I got a God that provides me shelter in my exhaustion. That I'm glad I got a God that covers me even when I got a whole bunch of questions. I got a God that still is over me when I'm struggling with despair and depression. God will restore us under the tree because, number one, he gives us shelter in our exhaustion. But there's something else the text also conveys 
that he also, number two, provides supplies for our emptiness. Because God's intent that while you're under the tree, he's calling us to be strengthened where we are. Text says something powerful. It's another theophonic moment. Text gives us this divine intervention, this encounter, if you will. That while he's sleeping and we don't know how long he sleeps. We don't know what was going through his mind. We're not given that insight. All we know is all of a sudden an angel wakes him up. Now, I could imagine if I was there, and this is me, y'all help me, if, if I'm sleeping good, I don't want just anybody waking me up. I can imagine he was probably in this kind of heavy sleep. He had ran so long from Mount Carmel to Beersheba in Judah, which was almost a literal long way. He's tired. And I don't know about you, there's a, there's a sleep when you're tired, but there's a sleep when you're tired. And you can imagine the weight of this sleep. But an angel wakes him up. And when he wakes him up, watch what happens. The angel gives him the ability to see around him that there's something that's there that was not there when he got to the tree. He looks up and guess what has been provided for him? Bread and water. Now, this is deep, y'all. He's in the desert of Beersheba, which is the southernmost part of the promised land. He wandered by himself. And in this desert, there's no Target. There's no Walgreens. There's no CVS. Matter of fact, if he was around Augusta, he couldn't find no bread because y'all done bought all the bread up. But what he couldn't supply for himself, God has supplied for him. God woke him up to give him what he needed. God showed up with something that he couldn't get on his own. My God, that thing shouted me in my study time because I don't know about you. I'm glad to report that I got a God that will always supply what I need. He is Jehovah Jireh, God that shall provide. And somebody knows about that kind of God. Somebody knows about a God that even when you get laid off, he still puts food on your table. Somebody knows about that God that even when you have anxiety and things are tighter, God still puts gas in the car. He still puts food and clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. How many of you know that we serve a God that even while I'm under the tree and I'm not sure what's going on, he'll still provide as only God can. He supplied while he was hungry. One thing I appreciate about God, maybe that's what sweet singer of Israel David understood when he penned that famous Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you understand what that simply means? Is that God will always give us what we need. We don't have to worry about God providing. And I know there's some people out there that's struggling. And I know there's some people that's listening to me today that's saying, Pastor, you don't know my economic situation. You don't know the financial issues and constraints that I am. But I may not know your specific situation. But guess what? I do know about God. And God will never leave you. And God will never forsake you. God will always give us what we need when we need it. That's the text. He gives them food, but then also notice what happens. He lets them go back to sleep. He doesn't rush the moment under the tree. He doesn't just supply him and send him off. He supplies him with resources and then gives him rest. 
I believe this is an important passage. This is just Goodman intervening and thinking through this passage. Because there's some that say, why would he allow him to eat and go back to sleep? Well, remember the first time he went to sleep, he had despair on his mind. That probably was what triggered him in his sleep. But by allowing him to go to sleep a second time after being fed with the bread and water, it would oftentimes give him better rest this time because I will admit the first rest wasn't really rest. He probably was tossing and turning, trying to figure out what to do. But this time when he rested, he had true rest because he knew that God was going to provide. Text says he wakes him up a second time. I love this. Look at your Bible. Feeds him again, gives him more bread and more water. And this time he says, because the journey you're going on, you need to have strength for it. Because you're meant to go to Mount Sinai. I'm done. That's blessing me. He feeds him more bread, gives him more water because he was being strengthened under the tree for where God was intending him to end up. Okay, you missed it. Um, remember, I told you when he first got to the tree and sat there in despair, he was telling God, I'm ready to die. He felt like a failure. He felt like things were over. But then watch this. After being refueled and after being replenished, after having supplies, God was telling him that the tree was not your stopping point. It was only the point to take you to where I want you to be. Isn't that like God? How God can shift our mind and God can shift our perspective because what we thought was our stopping point was only our passing through point. Can I tell you the tree is not your end but God has greater after the tree and I know you showed up to the tree and you thought it was over but I'm glad I got a God that has a mountain ahead of me and he understands I'm going to feed you under the tree but the tree is not your ending point. Takes him there and I'm done. Provides us shelter in our exhaustion. Provides us supplies for our emptiness. But then finally he provides a stimulus for our encouragement. He takes him from the tree and he ends up in a place called Mount Sinai. I love this. I'm done. He gives him a stimulus. That's the buzzword going around in the country now. Everybody's waiting on a stimulus package. Our government passed the highest stimulus package they've ever passed. And people are clamoring and trying to get their $1,200 check. Businesses are ready for a stimulus bailout package. But what if I told you that the government of the United States isn't the only one that knows something about a stimulus package? But our text today shows us that Elijah was a recipient of a stimulus package. Because once he moves from the tree to the mountain, God sends him a stimulus package, watch this, not of money, but encouragement. As if to allow Elijah to know that what you're going through is not meant for your detriment, is meant for your betterment. So God encourages him three ways. He sends him stimulus three ways. He says, I'm going to first of all encourage you through awareness. Secondly, I'm going to encourage you through affirmation. And thirdly, I'm going to encourage you through assurance. I'm done when I tell you what's the awareness. Well, the awareness is while he's on Mount Sinai, which is the Mount of God, where Moses had an encounter with the burning bush and the people of God had come. 
covenant through the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. While he's there, he's now in a cave. This is the same cave that Moses was left in the cleft in the rock where God said, I'm going to show you my glory. And in that moment, God invites Elijah out on the ledge as if to say, I'm about to have a face-to-face -face encounter with you. But read your Bible between verses 9 and 18. The text tells us that while he's on the edge of the cave, God decides to send wind, but he ain't in the wind. God sends fire, but God ain't in the fire. God sends an earthquake, but God ain't in the earthquake. He sends these modes uh, that he had previously been in, uh, but in this moment, he was not in it. Why? Because he wanted to show Elijah, be careful trying to think you know where I am. And after he sent the wind and the fire and the earthquake, the text then says, uh, he then shows up in a still, small voice. The better Hebrew rendering of this is that God whispers to Elijah in that moment. Some of you are asking, how that encouragement well uh, if you ever talk to somebody who whispers uh, in order to hear them clearly you gotta lean in close in other words God sometimes encourages us uh, by whispering to us to bring us closer to him uh, that's why child of God be careful what voices you allow in your ear uh, because don't allow news and social media to be so loud uh, that you miss out on the whisper of God uh, because God is whispering even in this moment. Uh, while you're stuck at the house, he's whispering. While uh, we're under quarantine, he's whispering. Uh, he's whispering to remind us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Matter of fact, that's why some of us tuned in uh, because you were grateful that you got a God uh, that shows up even as a whisper. He encourages him through awareness. But then watch this. He encourages him also through affirmation because then he tells him, I got a job for you to do. I need you to go anoint Hazai and Jehu and uh, Elisha. These uh, will be the people that I need uh, to do more work for you. Now hold up. Notice now he sends Elisha after giving him a whisper and showing awareness. He says, I got an assignment for you. I need to affirm to you uh, because you felt like you was a failure. You felt like you could no longer do good uh, by me. But in that like God, uh, that God will always affirm us beyond the tree. God uh, will always show us that beyond the tree he still has purpose purpose and a plan for our lives. I got word for somebody here that when God gets us out of this, uh, he's got a purpose and a plan. Uh, Jeremiah 29 11 said, I know the plans I have for you uh, to give you an expected end, uh, which means even though you were under the tree uh, and you were down uh, and depressed, uh, I still got a work for you to do. I'm done. Uh, but it was awareness. It was affirmation. But the final thing uh, is assurance uh, because one of the things that Elisha wrestled with is Elijah felt he was by himself. He felt like he had no support. He felt like he was the only one trying to serve God. But God said, uh-uh, no contraire, mon frere. Let me be real with you, Elijah. You ain't the only one that didn't bow your knee to Baal. I got 7,000 of the loyal people that decided to keep me first. And I want you to know the same way I kept them is the same way I kept you. That I need you to know, Elijah, you're not going through this by yourself. 
my God, I feel like having church, uh, but I need somebody to know uh, it might feel bad and you quarantine now, but you're not going through this by yourself, uh, but you got other believers uh, who are praying with you, uh, who God is protecting and covering. Uh, you got some people uh, that know that God will get us through this. Do I got anybody here that can testify? I needed to hear that word uh, because the Lord knows I fell down in the dumps, uh, but I'm glad he sent me some encouragement. Uh, he showed me through his whisper that I have some awareness. He showed me in my assignment that he's affirming me. And he showed me by the fact he kept others uh, that he given me assurance. Uh, and I hear what some of you are saying, Pastor, that sounds cool and all. Uh, but I'm not sure I can resonate with Elijah. Uh, because Elijah was at the tree uh, and then he ended up at the cave. Uh, I'm not sure I can resonate with Elijah. But I got good news for y'all today. Uh, as I get ready to close my little sermon. Uh, because Elijah's not the only one that broad broke from a tree to a cave and beyond. Elijah's not the only one that had to experience the downness of a tree and the deliverance of a cave. There's another one who lived over 2,000 years ago that found himself in a tree moment because a tree ain't nothing but a cross. His name is Jesus Christ and they nailed him to that tree. But I'm so glad just like Elijah that the tree was not the ending point for Jesus huh? because they buried him in a cave. Huh? You know a cave ain't nothing but a grave. Huh? But I got good news to let you know huh? and I hope you'll tune in next week. Huh? He brought him from the tree huh? to the cave and beyond because huh? the cave wasn't the end for Jesus. Huh? But early on Sunday morning he got up. I'm done. God can restore us under the tree. The tree is not meant to be your end. And God graces us and God blesses us by helping us in our tree season. I'm done. Wherever you are today, this word is very important to me and I need you to hear me and hear my heart. Because there's many of you out there who are under a tree. I have been under a tree. But what I love about God is that he supplies us under the tree. He gives us what we need when we need it. I believe symbolically the bread and the water does not just represent food, but it represents sustenance and substance in a season of emptiness. I'm going to say something that may be controversial, but I believe it in my heart. Every child of God needs prayer and a therapist. My prayer through all this, and this is one of the things that I really have been seeking God's input on. My desire for the people of God who are in the midst of what many would consider the most um, drastic and life-altering crisis many of us have ever experienced in our life. I can't compare this to anything. I can't compare it to 9-11. I can't compare it to the financial crisis of 08. I can't compare it to when Biggie died. I mean, this is something that has literally changed the world. But yet and still, one of the great tragedies that's probably going to come out of here 
God has shown this to me. We're going to have more people succumb to mental health than from the virus called Corona. And my prayer is that we as a body of believers, as kingdom people, do not minimize the importance of being mentally fit. And I know I got some spiritual people out there who always want to tell you, just pray about it. No, you need to pray about it and go sit on somebody's couch. My prayer is that we take seriously our mental health through this moment. That we are honest because God has raised up some amazing people that can help us navigate what this means. We're developing even now a resource within our church of people that counsel. We are partnering with a counseling group and as soon as we're able to function and go back to some semblance of normality, we want to connect people who are struggling in this moment. This has not been easy. And what I love about God is that God gives us support under the tree to get out from the tree. He never gives us support to stay in the tree. Which means even though we're down, we don't have to stay down forever. And my prayer is that we take seriously our mental health through this. I believe I'm talking to somebody. Matter of fact, I need you to acknowledge if I'm on your street. Pastor, I, I, I'm going to need some help. Pastor, I'm going to need some support. Pastor, I, I know my family's going to need it. And it's okay. Never forget being wounded as a child and um, going to my grandparents. And I would tell them I got hurt. And, but me being a kid, I would try to hide my hurt. And I would go to them and say I'm hurt. But they couldn't help me because I kept hiding my hurt. And i never forget my grandfather telling me, Charlie, I can't heal what you keep hiding. And that's true. And that's why you can try to be fake all you want to. God can't help you if you're not going to be honest. That's why I'm seriously anticipating talking to people who are helping me navigate this and try to figure out ways to keep my sanity because I want to be healthier and better on the other side of this but while I'm in it I'm going to need some help and yes pray for me and yes God is going to work it out but God never wanted us to walk through this life in isolation and he says I've raised up people that can help you navigate what this season means so I want to pray for us right now. I want us to not only pray for those who are fighting this physically, but also want to pray for those who are having to battle this mentally. Some being shut in their homes is not a safe space. Statistics have said that since this quarantine, by the time it gets over, domestic violence numbers will have risen. Child abuse numbers would have risen. There's going to be a lot of psychological trauma that's going to be here. Wounds, scars from the ramifications of this. But I want you to know the tree is not meant to be your end. It's just simply your pass-through point. 
Elijah went to that tree and thought he was ready to die. God basically said, I got still got more work, more life for you to do. God, we, we come in this moment and we need you. And we're grateful for encounters where you show up in magnificent and marvelous ways. And today we were helped by the simple fact to know that you can even show up under a tree. I'm talking to many today who, who have struggled who battle not physically with this situation, but psychologically. God, many under the sound of my voice, preacher included, are mentally tired, fatigued. There are many under the sound of my voice who are battling depression and despair and discouragement. And God, we love you. This is difficult to comprehend. We cannot wrap our minds around what's going on. And in our quest to try to find you, we're just tired. Trying to figure out what is life going to be from this. So God, I'm thankful that you provide shade in the desert. That while I've been wandering in the wilderness, you still met me there I'm glad God that there's no place I can go that you can't reach me so Lord I need you as grandma say to be a mind regulator right now touch the hearts and minds of your people God I'm praying that you would raise up some incredible counselors and therapists during this season I pray, God, that we will once again navigate it honestly and truthfully. That can we be honest about the day that we're having? And if we're not feeling it, we're not feeling it. God, thank you for rest and truth under the tree. So, God, I thank you because I also know that when you provide, it's going to take us to the mountain. And so, Lord, I pray that no matter how long the tree season must be, there's always something else on the other side. So, Lord, the reassurance that I stand on today, the blessed promise is that we will get through this. So, God, I'm praying wholeness when we get out of this. Not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. I'm praying wholeness now over the body of Christ. I pray peace of mind over the body of Christ. Woo! I pray right now, God, even on our bad days, stick with us. Help us do it. Give us strength we didn't even know we had. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Listen, I hope the word blessed you today. I hope that this experience spoke to you. And I was serious. We're going to try our best to make sure that we can help those. So if that's you today and I was speaking to you, let us know. Hit us up in the comments section. Our, our team members are right there ready to, to connect you. Or you say, listen, Pastor, my mind, family's mind. Pray for me at tbcaugusta.org. It's a good way for you to do that so that we can meet you and pray for you and connect you. Our, our aim here is one of the chief aims I've had since I came to Tabernacle is create a counseling center or a counseling partnership 
because I understand that mental health is important. And it isn't just about praying and fasting. We all need a good counselor and good therapist. And that's what we're going to need in this season. I'm also going to give those an opportunity who want to join. Man, it's amazing. After our first service, we had over five people to partner with us. I've, been in, I've just been amazed over the last few weeks that we've been strictly online and cyber church through Tab Global that every week people have been connecting with us. And if that's you, let's just raise a hand, say you want to partner with us, I want to join, I want to join, or send us an email, connect with us at tbcaugusta.org, or even text us and just say join. And either way, we want to give you that opportunity to be able to share with us, to join with us. We, we are grateful for the partners that God is raising in this season to really help us to advance the kingdom of God. Listen, do those things. We love to partner with you. We're excited to walk this walk with you. And listen, I know times are crazy now, but God is still in control. And sometimes we hit rock bottom because it's at the bottom we know who the rock is. Father, we bless you. We love you. Thank you for those that are partnering with us. Thank you for those who are with us in connection. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, we're going to transition to our Lord's Supper experience. Go and grab those gifts, those things that's going to represent the body of Christ and the blood of Christ as we prepare our hearts to share together virtually in Cyber Church through Tab Global, the Lord's Supper. What a special moment as we come to the opportunity for us to share together in the holy sacraments, that which God has graced us with, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So whatever you have with you, many of you have already did that. I hope that you take photos, tab gathers as we have in our communion together. And whichever way you have, whatever the gifts you're bringing, whatever types of bread or type of juice or water, let us bless that as we prepare our hearts to participate together this unifying moment as we share in the Lord's Supper. God, thank you. We bless you now that you would once again touch our hearts in a special way. If there's anything in us that does not allow us to come to this table in an authentic and genuine way, move it out the way. Our aim, God, is to come to this table in a manner that's worthy and honoring of you. So, Lord God, as we are now in this virtual space, Cyber Church, Lord, thank you for the blessedness to be able to still participate with one another. 
and the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. So Lord, we now consecrate the gifts that are being offered today. Whatever the people have to symbolize the body of Christ, bless it now. Whatever people have to symbolize the blood of Christ, bless it now. And as we partake of it together, God, we pray that it will remind us of the love, the grace, the redemption that was given to us over 2,000 years ago through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, that gives me strength from now share in this moment the Bible reminds us that over 2,000 years ago Jesus congregated his disciples in the upper room and while he was there they shared and partake during the Passover feast first thing he did was he gave thanks to God then he took the bread and said this is my body given for you let us eat together Then took the wine and said, this is my blood shed for you and on you. Let us drink together. The record says that after they participated together, they sang a hymn and they went into the Garden of Gethsemane. As we think about what this means for us, even in times like this, it's a reminder that God covers us. That this was important for us to stay connected as a body of believers. Thank you so much for participating with us, for sharing with us in this very sacred moment that we celebrate every month. As the table says, we do this in remembrance of Him. Let me pray you out. Thank you again for worshiping with us today. We're excited this week once again. Sign up if you want that daily devotional. For Passion Week, go ahead and call in that or text in that number and Passion 20. This week we may have some special things. Make sure that you stay in the know and in the loop. Download all of our platforms so that you can get all the great information. We look forward to worshiping on next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Listen, He is alive. The 9 and 11 o'clock hour. Let's pray. God, we bless you and we thank you for the moment to share with your body and blood with one another. Thank you for everyone that participated. Thought it not robbery to be in this special and sacred moment. God, we honor you and we bless you. Now as we depart from this experience, God, we pray your covering power will continue to rest over us. Pray that we be safe. We operate with wisdom. 
Lord, we're praying that you would help us get through this. Lord, you know what we don't know. So, God, we thank you in advance for ordering our steps. We pray for those who are wrestling with this virus. We thank you for those who are on the front lines combating this virus. And we partner with all to make sure that together, collectively, we get ahead of this. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. As we conclude every experience, just wherever you are, lift that hand and say, because I've been blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. Go in peace. I love you guys. Praying for you. See you soon. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by our website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.